Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Saladcast. So it's a Saturday yeah. after Friday was a Saturday, if that makes sense, <laughs> <laughs> going to football. Um, so yeah, so obviously this podcast, um, so obviously there's going to be a lot of games coming thick and fast now on different odd days. So our Sunday regu- regular kind of slot is going to have to take a bit of a hit, isn't it, Glenn, in the next few weeks? Always does over Easter, doesn't it, mate? You know, with the games, same at Christmas time as well. So um, we thought we'd we'd give a, a short reaction to the, to the game on Friday um, up at Rochdale, but... Uh, yeah, having seen what happened, it might be quite short and not so sweet, Ollie. Yeah, we were debating not even having a podcast, weren't we? With five minutes to go um, at Rochdale um, over Twitter. So, yeah, so I guess, um, yeah, let's um, let's um, let's jump into the game. Well, Shrewsbury are definitely in the ascendancy. Here's Lynch. He's got there. He's got in. Unbelievable. Two in two minutes. Three one. So, game ended 3-1 to Rochdale. I don't have any stats in front of me, but that's got to be our biggest defeat of the season, and I'm sure it's the only time we conceded three. Mm, yeah, possibly. I can't quite remember now. There's been so many games this season. You might, you might be right there, but yeah, we, we probably should have checked that before we started recording the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh well. Um, so, yeah, so we lost 3-1, which is unfortunate. Um, it wasn't really a 3-1 game, was it? Because, obviously, um, uh, the last goal was just, yeah, just because we were trying to hit, hit Get trying to get that equal, that equaliser. Mm. Um, so um, going into the game, uh, Salop was seven games unbeaten. Um, so unfortunately, that record has gone now. Um, and it's just worth mentioning for those who don't know, and I'm sure a vast majority of people do, is that Rochdale spent half a million pound um, improving their pitch. Uh, which was a bit bobbly, actually, wasn't it, Glenn? Yeah, well, they didn't spend half a million pounds, did they? Spurs spent half a million pounds. Do you think their... they did? Yeah, obviously. I, there's absolutely no way Rochdale found five hundred grand to fix their pitch before the game. Must have been some kind of um, yeah mutual mutual kind of agreement. Yeah, I think I I think I even read that they they had agreed they pay for it, and and I think that's allowed. I don't know, but um, who, who knows? Yeah. But it you know it's not it's it's still, as much as you could say it's bobbly. It was way better than our pitch at home is. So yeah, um, yeah it certainly would have helped us try and play football, but. Uh, We'll come to that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, team. So Henderson came back in. So actually, there was four changes in the starting lineup. So Henderson came back in. Hendry was right back. Sadler, Toto, Beckles. Um, I've been gone for a bit of a different formation this week because I think um, Godfrey and Nolan were playing kind of next to each other. Yeah, definitely. Um, with Worley, um, Gunua playing as proper number ten, um, and Thomas um, on the, on the left. Um, and Morris. So yeah. So what, Glenn? Did you make of the uh, the changes? Very interesting, wasn't it? I, I remember sort of. I was, you know, I should just say I spent the sort of day on the train with a, a lot of Sheep Town fans. So <laughs> I spent the, the day in the car. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you, yeah. We'll come to your nightmare journey there. But obviously, we caught the ten o'clock train up there, and um, you know, went to the city in, in Manchester, had a few pints in a few pubs around there. It was full of town fans. It was great, great atmosphere, really. And then again, in the, in the pubs beforehand in Rochdale. So you could tell there was that excitement building for it, and it was actually a bit of an interesting one. We were in a pub with loads of other town fans, and the news broke on the team, and yeah. Yeah, I think the the most interesting one I'd said in the week last week I think that I thought one of the wingers had switched switch around because you know Thomas kind of deserves a chance doesn't he but Ganua was the interesting one I think me and you in the week had been talking we were a bit more convinced maybe Sam Jones would get a run out yeah um, and he didn't even get on in this game which says a lot for what we think of where he's going at the moment but um, Ganua was definitely definitely the most interesting one and um, yeah showed a lot of faith by Hurst and. Uh, I'm entirely sure it was particularly repaid during the game, but yeah, that was certainly the biggest, uh, biggest sort of change, wasn't it? You know, um, yeah. you thought Henry played centre mid, didn't you, at one point? But obviously, he didn't want to mess mess the defence around too much. Yeah, he didn't want to. I thought, I thought he might. Have, I thought he might have gone for. I thought Godfrey was going to play. That's yeah, what I felt yeah. um, the way he spoke. I thought, yeah, we'd either play Thomas or um, Sam Jones as the number ten um, in that midfield three. Um, so yeah, for the Gunners to start was was odd, um, mm. odd in the sense I say odd, I guess in terms of context <laughs> of how we played. But yeah, it was a surprise to see that. But in some ways, actually, before the game, I was quite.
quite encouraged. So I thought that was you know normal kind of shape. And why it was four changes, obviously, um, you've got Henderson coming back in and Godfrey coming back in. So two of those um, changes were you know um, regular regular first teamers. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so, to be fair. I say it's a difficult, you know, Nolan's done very well in that position that Ganua played. Not quite, obviously, Nolan's a little bit off a number 10 position, isn't he? He does play still yeah. a little bit more reserved, but he is that, you know, player that's trying to unlock the defences. Whereas Ganua was obviously playing a lot further up, wasn't he? Than Nolan's has been in his regular games. So it, it was a slightly different formation to what we normally play in that respect, with him trying to get closer to Morris than, than Nolan does. But, um,. Yeah, we'll come to come to what sort of issues there were during this game because there were quite a few, weren't there? But yeah, yeah I mean, even when the game started, you know, we're playing a team down the bottom of the league. It's it did feel solid, didn't it? The Godfrey coming back in gave us that little bit more security. Um, it was just an interesting one about his fitness, really. I don't know. Did you did you think during the game he he was a hundred percent fit or was carrying a knock? I thought he looked. I thought he's in physically. I thought he was fine. He I'm was doing a lot that. of pressing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't think there's I don't think there's any excuses or comments on Godfrey, and and I th- I trust. The the, man, the management team and the medical team that they would only do that um, especially with obviously Norwich's player that would only do that if he was fit so he he looked fine to me I, I, do you agree? I, I did see some town fans saying that they thought he was off the pace I I didn't think that at all obviously we lost 3-1 it's easy to kind of and this is one of the things we're going to have a very difficult discussion here around things isn't it it's you know, there's, there's always an knee-jerk reaction to a result like this, especially where we are with the season, and um, you know how much you know we we go at players who had poor performances because there were players that didn't play very well. Um, but you know, I certainly think there were quite a few town fans aiming at all sorts of reasons and, and odd odd positions as to why we lost that game. You know, we'll pro- we'll give our view of it, and, and but I can't I can't see that Godfrey was unfit enough that it cost us the game. So I thought it was a bit of a weird one when I read that this morning by someone. But there we go. Yeah, I just want to com- comment on that actually, just in terms because obviously there's been there's been a lot of discussion um, in the last 24 hours since the game um, and I think it's worth just kind of maybe yeah just kind of making a comment here about obviously we, we're very quick to praise players yep. um, and there's been a lot of, I've asked feedback this afternoon about you know should we really criticise and you know some very um, some fans that I you know respect their opinion um, greatly um, have said you know you, should, you shouldn't really criticise individuals yeah. um, which is quite hard when we're going to go into detail in the game Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think one thing that we'd always do Glenn and I'm talking on your behalf here is we'd always put it into context oh absolutely um, yeah. a context of a fantastic season and someone who spoke to me this afternoon went name name but he, someone said to me, you know, the player's been overachieving. Mm. Um, so I think we have to put that context there. But yeah, yeah I just always wanted to kind of just mention that, you know, we're, we do think of these things. Um, I mean, we... when you think about disappointing results this season that we've had, we've had, I think, you know, the one run result where we, we threw a game away at home, didn't we? I forgot, was, was it Portsmouth or Doncaster? I can't remember which one it was. It wasn't a great result a few weeks back. And also Bury away. Those are sort of ones that stick in your mind as our worst performances this season. I don't think it's harsh to say that this is, this is up there as one of the top five worst performances we put in this season across a 90 minute piece yeah we might have been able to nick a point near the end but I think that would have been a little bit of daylight robbery in, in the context of the game but yeah I, you know you, you can't you can't discuss the game anything more than it was and some players played poorly some players played well um, but overall this season I, I'm still and we'll come to summing this up later on but I'm still of the view that we could still go up as, in the automatic position I'm not ruling that out with as many points left there is to play for so I'm certainly not throwing this season under the bus Ollie so yeah no, no definitely there we go definitely let's get not. into it then Oh, I should just say, yeah, before we start as well, the one thing I meant to mention, which I think the, the best thing about the whole experience yesterday was the Shrewsbury Town fans. I know there was a bit of silliness at the end when someone threw a programme on the pitch when the guy was celebrating the third goal in front of us. But when I got in there about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes before kickoff, I stood down the front and I took a video. It's on the um, at Blue and Amber 
fanzine Twitter account of all the town fans in, in across the whole block and fantastic, you know, 1,200 there for a Rochdale. Everyone was really behind the lads despite what was going on and yeah, just a word for the fans because I thought they were brilliant, mate. Yeah, the town fans were fantastic yesterday and yeah, it was it was an enjoyable atmosphere. It was. Um, it, particularly in, yeah, this almost just jumped links, used as a link. So town fans were, were in good voice mm. um, and then were even in better voice um, when, <laughs> and, when and Thomas scored a goal. So not really anything really happened up to that point really. It was quite a scrappy game and it was scrappy throughout. Yeah, I, that's very true. That is. But the goal it did come out of nowhere, didn't it? You know, no, I don't even know who played Thomas in. It was, it was you know, Beckles. Just... So Beckles, so basically, yeah, the ball was played along the back um, and you can't really give Beckles an assist because he just passed it to Thomas in no, his own half. No, he was miles half. away from the goal there, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he did a man through a kind of bobble, kind of bouncing around um, and then got the ball into control. I mean, he literally just ran forward, didn't he, into the box and mm. just fired into the back of the net. And yeah, superb start to the game for Town um, in terms of taking the lead. Great finish, low. You know, the keeper, yeah. you know, if you're going to do something like that on an angle and it, it's still a, a very difficult shot to make, keep it low and make that keeper dive because you kind of crouch the keeper up a little bit, don't you? And it makes it an awkward sort of chance for him to save if he's going with his hands. And that's what happened if you look at the goalkeeper. He just kind of kind of just couldn't get there because it was almost too close to him in some respects. A bit weird. But um, yeah, great finish. And I thought, I, I thought Thomas was all right, to be honest with you, across the whole game. I know we're sort of jumping ahead and I was pretty surprised he got a sub later on but we'll come to that but yeah great great start and yeah it was amazing actually I, I took some good videos of everyone celebrating as well and um, you know I had a little little mental as well and it was just then you were starting to believe that you know could be could be our day again but um... yeah it was nice because the sun was out <laughs> wasn't it obviously a lot of people struggled to get there and I was on and off the M6 it was a bit of a terrible journey but yeah it was it was a nice yeah it was after eight minutes the sun was shining the town fans were in good voice and we thought this was going to be an enjoyable afternoon yeah. um, in the northwest. Um, unfortunately it didn't turn out that way and particularly um, it's kind of obviously we go through the game there was, I think we had I think Hurst was right when we said we had an unlucky game because mm. um, Rochdale made a long ball Toto and Humphrey obviously he used to play for us because on loan last season from Fulham and he's on loan um, at Rochdale this season from Fulham I'm yeah. um, sorry he came over in the January transfer window um, he um, him and Toto had a clash no uh, it was a pure accident um, and no, no, Toto's cheek hit the top of Humphrey's head yeah it was accidental I, I would agree with that and and yeah he broke his cheekbone, cheekbone hasn't he which is which is concerning. Fractured it, yeah. Fractured it, fractured it yeah. Well, and and the, the concerning thing was, I think at the time, is that, that people were worried about him having done some sort of spinal injury. And like I said, Lewis Cox was sort of tweeting about that a bit later on when he, Lewis Cox was the ones that got caught in, in the traffic. brace, didn't they? I think he missed the foot. Yeah, they put him in a, in a brace and took him off and it looked real bad, didn't it? And I heard an ambulance going down the road about 10 minutes later and he was obviously rushed off to hospital. But I suppose the good thing is that, with a, a good thing, you know, a broken cheekbone can't be much fun, <laughs> all in all. But no, must really um, hurt. someone got it last season. I can't remember who it was. Might even have been Humphrey for us I can't remember but someone broke a cheekbone last year and they wore one of those masks yeah, and they, they, they played on but I'm bugging if I can remember who it was now though it seems a bit annoying because um, I read it online earlier on and I was going to use that but yeah it's so good preparation it, again that's Mark 2 <laughs> against us yeah, good job this is going to be short um but yeah, there we go. So it might be something that means we see him play again this season. If it had been a collarbone, which I thought it was when he went down on a, on a you know a hard new leg pitch, or if it had been his spine or something, I think that's the last we might have seen of him. But you know, fingers crossed. And, and on behalf of all Shrewsbury Town fans, you know, speedy recovery and, and the way he's played this season, and especially in the last sort of twenty games where we've been rock solid at the back. You know, we could do with him back ASAP, really, couldn't we? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, hopefully have as a, a, a speedy recovery, uh, and yeah, hopefully he's, he's he gets to play again. I think Monday's going to be a bit soon. For yeah, him, that's too it? soon. Um, I would agree with that. Um, but um, yeah, hopefully he'll he'll come back um, pretty quickly. But it was eleven minutes of injury time then, because yeah. that was an eleven minute eleven minute break where sort of. 
and and you know it wasn't too long after the goal. It was a bit scrappy between the goal and this injury, but I thought you know it completely took anything impetus out of the game really for most of the rest of the first half. And it was very similar to that massive injury delay we had last season in the game where the, the whole sort of context of this game changed. The sort of life went out of it. I don't know if you remember that game, but. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't a great game in the second half after that, I didn't think. No, and yeah, I th- it'd be interesting actually, just going back to Totes in terms yeah. of um, he prob- it would be interesting if he has to have an operation. Mm. Um, but when only, that will only happen after the swelling has gone down. Yeah, okay. um, so it'd be interesting to see what happens there. But I'm sure mm. you know, the club are pretty good, aren't they, giving that out summary. So I'm sure we'll wait for that. Um, but yeah, then Lowe came on, didn't he? And he went to left back and um, they changed their tactics, didn't they, to that? And I felt a bit, I felt, I felt a bit sorry for Lowe because they put Andrew, uh, who's a you know, six foot something um, cent- um, central defend- uh, central centre half, sorry, um, and was playing as a wide target man. And they just kept hitting balls to him. Um, but we'll come on to that a bit later. But I thought it was worth mentioning that t- tactical shift. It did unsettle the defence, didn't it? You know, with yeah. Beckles going into sort of right centre back then, wasn't it? Rather than the left, which was a bit odd. But then I suppose they didn't want to move Sadler because it would have unsettled at least three players. But Beckles struggled during that little period um, playing, playing playing right centre back. He missed quite a few headers, didn't he, in bits and pieces. But yeah, Lowe really struggled with the, with the high ball and. Um, you know, it, was a bit, it reminds me of the playoff final. Um, I can't remember who it was against. Was it Gillingham or, or Bristol Rovers? I can't I really can't remember um, when um, when Ashton was had the same yeah. situation. Where um, and you couldn't really blame him that day either. It was just more of you know, you know, if you're if you're a five foot um, fullback you're not going to win many headers against a six-foot centre-half. No, and if you're doing that, you know, you take that on the chin and you hope that that, that your reason you're on is you're probably a more attacking player, you know, this sort of, you know, smaller, shorter, spry, you know, fast attacking defender that he is. But um, he couldn't really get forward, could he? Because we were just pinned back quite a bit at the time. So there we go. There wasn't all that much happened, was there? There was a couple of shots, no. wasn't there? But Yeah, there was that Morris flash across the goal and there was a long-range effort. And then, um, and then, and then unfortunately, so... Um, <laughs> 12 minutes of extra time in so one minute over but I don't think I think we can really not going to you're not going to really complain about that. And um, we conceded conceded a goal. So, yeah, Glenn, what was your kind of view of the goal? Oh, it was so frustrating, wasn't it? The time that it occurred. I think you know. I think it was almost gone four o'clock when the goal went in. And um, yeah, it, it was it was not great, was it? All round, you could you could point a few fingers at the, the, the reasons for why we why we sort of let it in. I think we mentally might have switched off a little bit, just waiting for half time. I think we would. I think that's yeah. You hit the nail on the head there for me. I think. Um, the players were just, you know, the, the half had been a long one. Obviously, one of their their fellow um, pros had gone, gone. off injured. Um, yeah, I think they were they were concerned, and they just wanted to get to half time, and it felt like that. And yeah, it was it was an odd one. So what kind of happened um, was Godfrey was pressing high. Yep. And then Ganua, oh, this is he, he did make a mistake here. Yeah. He, he, he puts his position, his body, to block off a pass to a defender, leaving him, basically inviting him to run forward towards our goal. Mm. And then Nolan sticks with um, his, his marker, and then the guy just kind of gets towards nearer to our box in a big hole and just shoots. It was just, it was just unfortunate, wasn't it? It was a yeah. little, a couple of small errors in there, um, but it was a poor team goal to concede. Yeah, it was the time. They say to me, I mean, there's a little bit of a question mark over Henderson. It, and you look at it, you know, it wasn't hit with great pace, I didn't think. It was it was a good hit, but it wasn't like a flashing drive into the bottom of the net that he couldn't stop. And, you know, you can see from Henderson's reaction when it goes in, he, he just sort of jumps up looking frustrated. And I a little bit think he's, you know, he's very hard on himself, isn't he? Probably Henderson, you know, the way he is as a yeah. character. And just, I wonder whether he just was positioned a little bit too far to the left rather than being right in the centre of his goal where he might have been able to make the drive across. However, it did go in right at the side of the goal. So, you know, he would have had to have made a full length save, to be fair. So, yeah, but, you know... 
lots of little negatives against a fair few for that goal, and and it could not have come at worse time because I think we would have seen out to half time. You know, we would have done the traditional town thing of being resilient second half, and if they hadn't scored 20, 25 minutes into the half, we probably would have built into it and tried to nick another one. But it, it certainly gave both managers completely different half-time team talk yeah. you know we've just lost one of our best defenders we've just conceded and, and we need in a, in a game that you know we didn't need to win but a game that we could have done without losing and, and a three points would have been magnificent and just those little bits of pressure that can potentially get on top of players and um, I think unfortunately it came out in the second half I thought a couple of our lads came out quite nervous um, a little bit I think I think yeah I guess I never had I hadn't thought about that because um, I drive home, drive home on my own. And I didn't want to listen, didn't listen to um, anything, any. I didn't just listen to music on the way home and just tried to yeah, not think about it too much. But yeah, the game. I I wrote that the game never settled, and yeah, no, I guess no. w- guess they were a bit nervous, and it just we just we just wasn't a typical town performance, was it? It, no. was, it was definitely an anomaly. It was when I when I say they were nervous, I, I also think Rochdale's players were nervous, despite the goal. You know, so much. You know, it was one of those games where so much was riding on it for both teams. Do you know what I mean? And it was tra- a poor tra- game for a neutral, wasn't yeah, it? Traditionally, the the pressure that you feel in those games can sometimes make them very poor games, can't they? Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that's what I felt had happened is that. Both teams wanted it so much, and it wasn't really happening for either of them. It was a very scrappy game. You know, Rochdale probably shaded it overall and, and probably deserved to win just about. But to me, there was just so much pressure on both sets of teams that it, it kind of just brought everyone down. And obviously, we've got to say we were playing with a bit of a makeshift team, weren't we? Missing some of our influential players, particularly when Toto went off. So we've got some kind of excuses for why we played like that. But you know, we, we are skirting around the issue that a lot of players underperformed, didn't they? And there was yeah, at least four or five, even some of the regulars that were just way off their game and, and looked uncomfortable in the situation we found ourselves in, which is unusual for us, I think. Yeah, it was it was, it was one of those games, wasn't <laughs> it, where the, the team collectively didn't play very well. And then, yeah, we seemed to go from bad to worse, and didn't we just seem to bring pressure on ourselves? So there was, yeah. Beckles got skinned and they had a decent effort wide, Dino scrambling. Um, and then this was just kind of, this kind of sums up the game, doesn't it, where um, um, Wally took a quick throw to low, and then he kind of failed to pass it, a really pathetic kind of pass <laughs> it was um, to Wally. That, it? And then it went out for a, for a um, for a corner, which then Andrews had a clear Andrew had a clear header because Beckles lost him, and it was just a it just kind of the nerves level and the yeah the, I guess the kind of the accuracy and the concentration just seemed to start falling away, and it felt almost like that that kind of the you know the the, the momentum was with um, Rochester at this point. It certainly was, and every time they missed a half-decent chance that they had, I was starting to think, oh, this is like a traditional Shrewsbury away performance here. <laughs> we'll nick this 2-1, and you were kind of hoping that, weren't you? But, um, yeah, it, there was they, there was a couple of chances we had down the other end, wasn't there, where sort of Carlton did some good work, and, um, you know, we had a chance for a corner, and it and sort of hit the crossbar, but I think that was more of a cross, Carlton Morris. It looked like he was trying to put it in for someone, and it sort of just skimmed the bar, didn't it, yeah, that chance? I, I don't think it was... I don't think he deliberately was trying to score there. Um, one thing I would say during the game I noticed as well was you, you say that Humphreys was sort of unfortunate when he injured Toto, and I don't think he meant it. And if you look at Humphreys when Toto went down, he was the one for calling the physio over first and telling the referee yeah. we need to stop the game. But bloody hell, I, he left his elbows in on absolutely everyone during the game. He really got Wally in the well, second half. Well, they were half. getting away with it, weren't they? Like We'll, we'll talk about the ref later, but they, they seemed to be able to get away with murder throughout the game. Um, it was very odd. Well, you say, you say talk about the ref later. I mean, we can come to the controversial end to the game but overall he was poor I thought yeah. particularly well, he for us, you know. he, how long did it take us to get a foul against yeah. us in the first half they could do anything they wanted to Morris and they pretty much you know, did yeah. um, during the game there was that one time before kind of before the the, 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 the last part of the game where um, Morris went forward he got hit by the goalkeeper um, and then, then the referee was almost waiting for something else to happen and then he blew a foul and the referee um, 
you know, when just take the incidents aside in just terms of how he managed the game, he was appalling. He was unfit. He his wasn't game, in the playoffs. Yeah, he's, he was he was unfit. Um, he couldn't keep up with the play. He was basically he was being um, kind of like influenced very easily in terms of making decisions, which our time players don't do a lot. Which I I agree on that. It was yeah. obvious he was malleable and Rochdale definitely got the best Played out of that. that. Yeah, they they saw it was you know how they could get away with it and and they did and yeah every single little kind of soft foul seemed to go their way and there was no consistency and we've talked about this a lot in the last few weeks and like for the majority of the season we haven't spent that much time talking about refs but no. it's very hard for players to kind of get into the momentum of the game and you know, he didn't help them enter the game when he was, you know, one time a solder barge wasn't a foul, and the next time it was, and it's, well, you know, what what kind of rules are we playing to here? What did you make of that weird moment in the second half where Carl Morris was in the box the ball, and, and the keeper just had his arms around him, and like, eventually, oh, that was so eventually he just gave a free kick against Carl Morris, and Carl was just standing there, the keeper was I like hugging him. I don't know what him. that is. That's weird. Just, I'd, love, I'd love if there's, a, if there's a referee listening, what is that? Is that a drop ball? <laughs> I'd imagine it would be a drop ball, wouldn't it? Because, uh, he had the ball, but then was he fouling him or not? But was that a foul? I don't know. I thought it was been close to a penalty, the way it looked from where we were. I, funnily enough, it's not on the replay of the game that I've watched. So I'd like to see, if you watch the extended highlights, you'll have to tell us what you think about it. But um, yeah. yeah, it's not on the extended highlights either. Yeah, interesting. It was a very odd decision anyway. And, and, and we was down the other end from us. So you couldn't really tell what, what was going on. I think my, my last thing on the referee until we get to the end was it's very noticeable. When a referee keeps running into players, he's definitely not doing a good job because he's he's getting caught out of position with quick play he's not keeping up with it and there was twice he ran into Nolan and once he ran into one of their blokes as well and it was just like get out, just get out the bloody way mate you know and, and things like that that's when you start to think about a referee making poor decisions because his fitness is not up to scratch and the, the bloke's only refereed five games this season so far that was his sixth and, and to me I'm sorry, when you're going into a situation where a, a team like us is, is potentially on the verge of something very historic, don't give us referees like that. It, it doesn't seem particularly fair. And and, I, and I'll bet you £100, Ollie, that guy doesn't referee any of Wigan or Blackburn's games before the end of the season. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't manage any, any <laughs> um, Football League games. Um, he's only done five in League One or sort of five in the Football League. I, I, I think he's only done five in the entire season in the Football League. He's poor. He's really, really poor. He's not good enough. He's not. Good. But, he, but he also refereed. Last time he went to Rochdale, and oh, okay. he, him and his assistant referee had an absolute mare. Uh, yeah. That was one of the worst refereeing team, you know, kind of assist, um, um, official performance I've seen for a long time. And yeah, we don't have. I don't have much luck going to Rochdale, and this, no. luck, this luck seems to continue. Well, we'll get back to him later. Let's let's <laughs> let's get through some of these last points before we get to the end of the game, where it was all very mad, wasn't it? But. Um, uh, yeah, there we go. I, I, I think there was another good chance where Humphrey should have scored for them, well, shouldn't he? And then Dino made a great save, um, like real sprawling save across his goal. Um, so that was sort of them getting more chances they were missing. So obviously we were still drawing at that point and it was looking good. Um, and then we, we actually made some sort of changes, didn't we, that changed the shape of the team, Ollie? Yeah, we did. So we went to three at the back, didn't we? Yep. So we took off Hendry, who was one of the players who didn't have the greatest of game. Thomas went off, which I thought was a bit of a surprise. I'm really um, shocked. Really, really shocked. Really, I don't think he'd done anything wrong. Maybe it was a fitness thing. Um, we went to three yeah. at the back and then, and then yeah, I, I was joking to you before the game where my Beckles had three phases in the game. And yeah, when he went to left centre back, I thought he had a, he was pretty solid again and kept yeah. winning his headers. Yeah, um, yeah he was back again. Yeah, so he was good there. The, the thing I found interesting after that was, um, this. I think if you look at the, the player that performed the worst in that game, and, and I say we're trying not to be too negative, but Ganua was was awful the whole game. I thought, and, and you know, 
he didn't really affect the game at all. When he got the ball, he gave it away, or he went on a sort of mad run and lost the ball. His passing was atrocious, and he didn't really press as 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 we require really in in the, in the formation we play. Just sometimes seemed to be caught out of position a lot as well. You know, didn't seem to. There was, there was times where he corners he didn't really seem to know what his role was at corners. Now I can understand a lot of that. He hasn't played a lot. He's been out of the team. You know, he, he's trying to come into a position where we're, we're really pushing for something, and it, I can. It's a, a very difficult thing for him to have come in in that situation, which is fine. But I was, ve- and this is what I say about it. I was very shocked that he wasn't substituted at that period of time, and he went, and, and Thomas went off. And I thought after the substitutions, he got worse. It was almost a bit like he's been given the th- faith of the manager, and it, and it's, he really went off the boil after the substitutions. And and the shape maybe helped us a little bit. I know we obviously went on to lose, but it didn't. He didn't take that sort of extra opportunity of not being substituted off and, and improve his performance. He just stayed poor the whole game. I was I was shocked he played the whole game, Molly. Yeah, no, definitely it was. Yeah, it was. Um, it was, and then the game kind of went from bad to worse. They hid into yeah, it. Yeah, it, yeah, it, <laughs> yes, it, it certainly did, didn't it? And um, yeah, they got their they got their second, uh, which didn't really help, did it? And um, yeah, it was a funny old goal, wasn't it? You know, it was a sort of. I looked at the, I looked back at the replay. Of this they had a free kick out on the left. We put one man in the wall, um, which was just Ganua. It just went over his head. Went into the big bloke at the back who completely outjumped low. Beckles was there as well. He completely missed his header, didn't he? And, and just could, couldn't do enough. Um, and it fell to I can't remember who scored the goal for them. Was it Davis? Yeah, and and he sort yeah, of hooked it up over his head. head. And Hendo wasn't expecting that finish. To be honest with you, if you look at what he's trying to do, and he, he saw as a sprawling dive up, can't get near it. And yeah, there you go, two one. And I think at that point they had probably deserved to be ahead, Ollie. Yeah, I, they did. But then watching the, the kind of the highlights back, um, it's always funny when you watch them back. Sometimes you see things that you know, kind of the narrative and the kind of the flow of the game you didn't kind of remember yeah. so we also hit Nolan hit the crossbar as well um, later on yeah yeah right so he skimmed so yeah he skimmed in between their goal and the penalty um, situation yeah he he skims the crossbar as the wrong side of the goal and yeah it, I guess it was I guess it's the funny thing isn't it it's your emotions start taking over you when yep. you're watching the game on your own side um, and by then yeah we were just kind of disappointed by then but we did have quite a few chances still yeah, I, I don't know. I, I did feel I did feel when it went two one, we kind of got what we deserved because of the performance that we put in. You know, if we'd have been playing at our maximum level, I think we'd have beat Rochdale. And and I don't think they're over, you know they're obviously down the bottom of the reason because they're not a brilliant team. They they look workmanlike. They had a couple of little flashes of of skills, but I wasn't overly impressed with them. And that, that's another frustrating frustrating thing for me is that you know we've gone on to lose three one to a team that I didn't think were brilliant, and and unfortunately we didn't play brilliant either. But um, yeah, you're right. That effort by Nolan was good. He smashed it and just, just hit the bar, didn't it? Unfortunately, an inch lower, it might have gone in. And then, yeah, that, that was it then. When, we, when that happened, I thought, well, that was it. That was the chance to get a, an equaliser here yeah. and we'll probably just sink out of the game. And next thing you know, there's madness going on, Ollie. <laughs> yeah. So do you want to describe what happened, Glyn, for those um, who well, were Well, I, I find it all quite interesting. So um, we had the ball on the sort of left-hand side of the goal. We were sort of attacking. Someone pops a ball over and Nolan looks like he's getting in. He looks like he's got his shoulder in front of the defender. Um, and suddenly he just tumbles down. He doesn't quite get anything on the ball. It looks to me as he falls, like he punches the ball, which is a bit weird. He certainly doesn't head it, and, and maybe their defender's knocked it away. You can't tell from the replay. Goes down, referee runs over, penalties, give it straight away. He's very close to it when you look at the referee. You know, no reason to, to overturn it as far as I could see. He's just given it straight away. Suddenly, all the Rochdale players are around him, uh, and then he's suddenly wandering over to the linesman. And, and at that point, Ollie, you Well, think, he doesn't. Well, there's actually a gap. Well, so a little he gives gap, the penalty, yeah. then he's in the penalty area for ages, standing mm. there, probably getting his breath back. Yeah, it was a bit um, of a gap. And then, um, but that's actually, before, before we get to the Rochdale bit, let's just talk about the individual, like, 
So actually, actually, it's important to mention the Rochdale players, and particularly their fullback, the 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 right back who did the foul, runs over to the assistant, and they start surrounding yeah. the assistant, yeah. and then they change their the change their mind, and then they give a corner, which is unbelievable. How about how I, on earth how on earth was it a corner? I can't. I, I don't understand, and I've yet to hear what the reasoning for this is. Obviously, referees don't come out and explain decisions at the end, do they? But it is one of those baffling ones. You know, are they saying that if Nolan didn't get fouled there, he dived? So why was it not a free kick to Rochdale? If it was just, you know, the Rochdale well, if player... He died, kick, well, if he died, surely it would be yellow. And yeah, well, yeah I, don't, I don't understand. I, if it, I, the only thing I could have thought once he overturned it was it'd be a free kick to Rochdale, but he gave a corner. I, I can't, I'm boggled. My mind is still boggled now thinking about it, and I'll, I'll be interested to see what um, sort of listeners have got to say about it on, on Twitter and Facebook if they want to get in touch and think, you know, what, what was it? Because I've, I've looked online and, and seen what other people have said today, and I can't really, I can't really understand it. Having said that, crap refereeing. You know, he... He's been overturned by a linesman who's forty yards, well, twenty yards further away from the bloody decision than he was, and it wasn't like it was asking the linesman whether it was offside because if it was offside, it would have been a free kick to Rochdale. So, quite what the ref- referee thought the linesman had seen to give him the power to overturn that, I still don't know. Now, maybe we'll find out during this week. But Hurst, Mike Brino say we've had a, a letter from the FA to explain this decision, and it says this. So it'd be interesting to know. Um, it, but it was just it was mad, and, and the whole thing as a town fan, I'd said in the podcast last week a point would have been a good result. I'd have took that, and certainly would have took it when we were. Two one down, um, but to have it almost on the plate there with Payne standing waiting to take the penalty for two minutes and then taken away was infuriating. I went from being not particularly, I was I was bothered we were losing, but I kind of felt like we brought this on ourselves really by not playing very well. And then I then went to <laughs> madly annoyed, like we've been robbed and there's some sort of EFL conspiracy <laughs> in about two minutes, which is obviously not true. But um, yeah, it was. But it it does was a feel bit of a, that, doesn't it? Because because of the uh, the Northampton game. Um, and then the, yeah, we've, we're increasingly talking about um, yeah refereeing decisions um, going yeah going against us, um, which is which is which is um, yeah. I mean, we haven't had many this season, in all honesty, but they've come in the last you know yeah. through five or six games. Yeah, and we'll, we'll bring in Hurst at this point because I think it's worth bringing in. Yeah, just go on, before we do, do you think it was a penalty? Well, I looked at it and it looks soft again. In all honesty, it, it was it was it's very hard to tell from the replay. It was obviously down the other end from where all the town fans were, and I was right at the very end. Um, and the replays are not particularly conclusive like the other week when we were talking about it. Um, you know, you see them given, but, you know, as I say, if he thought it was a dive, why was it not a free kick and a yellow for Nolan and a free kick for Rochdale? It's very strange. You obviously, I don't know, we, we could talk about this forever. I still still can't quite get my head around it. But yeah, I've seen him given, but it looked pretty soft. I thought it was a penalty. Um, yeah. And interestingly, when BBC interviewed um, Paul Hurst, um, they said about the push in the back. Um, I, I didn't, at first, when I first watched it back, um, I wasn't sure. Um, but then you can clearly see the the, the right back um, puts his hands on the back of Nolan. Um, I, I think I think it was a foul. It wasn't, a, you know, he like, you know, he didn't you know try to cut his head off or something. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, it wasn't a, you know, a two-foot challenge. Or no. but it was definitely a penalty. Um, but, yeah, let's just go on to what Hurst said because I think Hurst Hurst took a really interesting kind of view, and he's quite you know Hurst is always really honest, isn't he? Yeah. So he said so. He said Penn. So so many things wrong with it. Um, he said we've been fired by surrounding officials. So it'd be interesting to see what happens with that. The ref is closer to the linesman. The linesman is in the line, and the defender's in his way. So I don't mm. understand how yeah, he's yeah, gone yeah. off it. Yeah. Is he has now cha- he has changed his mind? Same as last season when the linesman has a nightmare. So he's referring <laughs> to the Rochdale game last time. He gives it and makes a fast what the FA are trying to do. Makes. Um, and basically, yeah, basically, it puts pressure on the ref, and he never, he should have never changed um, in a million years his mind. So, mm. yeah, interesting, interesting words from Hurst there. He wasn't happy, was he? To be fair, I can, I can totally understand yeah. why he's saying what he's saying. You know, he's saying that the FA are saying, you know, what was it, the bloody respect campaign? You know, don't go up and harass the referee. Um, you know, you'll get booked for that sort of thing. Remember, we talked about those rules two years ago when we first did this podcast. Yeah. 
boxes, isn't it? I should yeah. I have to beat that out, but they don't do that. And then it does show you that if you get on a referee in the lines, why didn't they start you'll... booking? Why didn't this just start booking? You know, why didn't they just start booking players for this? You know, yeah, the, play, the FA put those rules in place by respecting the referee, but now that all that seems to have gone, and that's the trouble with the FA and the officials is they make these rules. Remember, there was that rule about if you're swear to the referee, you got ten yards, like in rugby. Yep. What yeah. happened to that? Why can't they yeah, just be consistent and get rid it, of yeah. it? Yeah, I don't know. It's funny because rugby at the moment are talking about there being a new upswing in, in people being cheeky to to the to the referee, and it's obviously all mic'd up. I was like, Christ, they don't know how good they've got it in rugby, the gentleman, you know, the gentleman's game, because um, it happens every week in football, and ninety percent of the time, harassing a referee gets you what you want, you know, and it's still the same. And you know, sometimes you want Shrewsbury to be more street smart, but actually, you you dislike watching it so much. And, I, and to be fair, we're probably being a bit harsh on Rochdale because. They didn't really do it for much of the game. It wasn't as bad as some teams we played this season. Some of them were really bad at it, haven't they, Ollie? And we've we've obviously always had a bit of a problem with it. But they just did it at the right times. And, and they did it in a way that affected the game, I suppose. Yeah, and um, if they played like that most games, they wouldn't be in a relegation fight, which is which is funny, no. isn't it? We, we saw playing Northampton and Rochdale was going to be easy. But it's almost like, yeah, it's almost like we seem to struggle against the teams at the bottom, you know, and the Scunthorpes and stuff like that, where we get good results. Mm, it is interesting, isn't it? I, I, much, I think that... Uh, well, I was about to say, I think the Oxford game will be a bit more easy game than... <laughs> that but at the moment let's just let's just reserve our judgment on things like that so yeah there we go I think Erst is right to have to have made those points and it does make it a bit of a farce but um that wasn't the last moment of the game was it obviously Hendo was doing his usual thing in games we, we desperately like to win and I like it I think it does show attacking a tent and hasn't really cost us doesn't so really far change anything, does it? it just makes it look at it's a bit sweet for, for Wigan and Blackburn fans to laugh at I guess yeah so obviously well. he went up for a corner and they just hooked it clear and he was trying to you know beat Usain Bolt's 100 meter record chasing back wasn't he if you look at him he's got the biggest stride pattern you've ever seen um, but unfortunately the striker was ahead of him and he just popped it home and went and celebrated in front of the town fans uh, and, and they threw some programmes and bottles on the pitch luckily he didn't get anywhere near the players but it wasn't bottles wasn't it wasn't it plastic cups coffee um, cups and stuff on it but what you know go and celebrate in front of your own fans mate you know but then we <laughs> celebrated in front of theirs yeah but they, they had most of the stadium didn't they yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know yeah I, I would agree with that and maybe there's maybe there's a bit of uh, needle in it for that and then there we go that was it the, the 3-1 it was game over and um, I suppose the, the best thing about it at the end was there was a booze at the end, and I think that some people misunderstood some tweets I put saying people were booing the players off. I don't think that was true. It was a very clear boo at the referee, um, and I think that as soon as they booed the referee, everyone was massive in the applause that they gave the lads, and Hurst particularly at the end. There was big renditions of poor Hurst, Barmy Army, and certainly of the 1,200 people there, you know, it didn't seem like many of them were giving up. I, I talked to a couple of guys from the sports department way out, and they were like, oh, it'll be playoffs now, it'll be playoffs now, and I was trying to say probably a game too early probably a loss too early to be able to write it off completely I know it's a very difficult situation now but yeah. you know there's still a chance You know, well I have not... a very very financial impact on this so I, I've got my bet and I, oh, I yeah. cash out so if I cashed out now I would get 295 and 177s because I did it over three bets yep. so yeah and we've got after Monday we'll have six games left mm. um, so it is a challenge it is difficult but it's not over yet you know no. this has been a you know we're only one point behind um, Blackburn okay they've got a game in hand we're going to now two points ahead and they've got um, two games in hand on us. so it is difficult but yep. as I think it was James put on Facebook he put this brilliant post about how um, neither Wigan or Blackburn have gone all I season. I think they haven't put more than like five or seven, like, you know, win. Yeah, if they had, if they had to win every, you know, game between now and the end of the season to guarantee their promotion against us now. That would be the first time they do it this season, is what we're saying. You know, they've not put a winning run of. I think it's you know, Wigan have got seven, six games, uh, more games than us left. They've got like nine games left, haven't they? So Wigan have not won nine games in a row this season, and Blackburn haven't won eight games in a row this season. So they'd have to do something they haven't done. So yeah, so they, so it'd be unusual for them to have done that. So I'm still convinced, like you know, that the, the discussion online that 
they're not going to win every game. There will be points dropped. And yeah, it means we've got to probably win every game or at least win and, and draw every game, at least maybe one draw, which is a tough ask. But these lads this season have been putting their bodies on the line. A go-go will be back soon. Obviously, Bryn Morris is back for the next game. So we look a little bit stronger as we go into the next few games than we probably did for the last two. So little positives to be taken there, I think. And um, yeah, I, I think I think we can sum that game up by saying I'm, I'm, I'm not overly convinced that it's all over yet. No, it's definitely not over. Um, I think the players will be hurting now. Genuinely think that they really care. Um, they genuinely really care. We've got a proper team here, haven't we? Yep. Um, they would have been they would have been frustrated with the result, um, and they'll be f- frustrated and want to put it right. So I think, and also um, I think they would have taken heart as well from the way the town fans reacted at the end. Yeah, I think um, so. the town fans were excellent. And Paul Hurst said, "What did he say? Let's go back to his." He said that the town town fans were really class again, and they clapped Good. at the end. And he said he felt sorry for them, and he told the players, um, "You know." Um, to keep proving people wrong. Well, they've been doing it all season, so you'd back them to keep doing it, wouldn't you? Um, let's move on to top threes quickly, Ollie, and then we'll sort of wrap, wrap this up with your three word match reports and, yep. and Hursty. But um, yeah, we both went for the same man of match, didn't we? Um, who, who I went for as well. So Sadler, I thought in, in a team where we sort of chipped around with the defence and things got mi- mixed up a little bit with different formations, he did res- 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 remain solid and resilient throughout the whole game. He won most of his headers against. Humphreys, it was it was pretty tricky at times. Um, you know, gave us a little bit of drive going forwards at times, and was G and the lads up. You could see him trying to sort of play that captain's role without a go go. Um, I don't know if you spotted that. He was he was really trying hard to get it going, but yeah, obviously didn't go his way. So I thought he was he was a clear man of the match. Um, and then I went for Carl Morris second. I thought in a, in a game where obviously we didn't score and many got you know enough goals to get back in it, resilient and hardworking. You know. It's very difficult to pick a top three, I thought, this week because a few people were under 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 their normal levels. But um, Carlton did work really hard and, and in, a, in a sort of thankless shift, I think. And um, I gave Nathan Thomas third for the goal and thought he was, you know, nothing nothing worse than average to, to reasonably good on on his sort of performance and was surprised he got taken off. Yeah, no, my um, my top three was Sadler first, and Boris again, and I went for Bolton third. Um, it's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek, but I thought yeah. when he came, he did nothing wrong at all. He no, really played at the right tempo. Um, he made some real good crunching tackles, um, and I thought he was faultless when he came on. So he didn't play that long, but no. he really, really um, set the tone. <laughs> um, and I hope he starts on Monday night. And yeah, um, fingers fingers. That is crossed. a positive to take out of it, Ollie, actually, is that Bolton back and fit, because we've missed him, I think, in the last few weeks. So um, yeah, I'm glad he's back as well. And yeah, he didn't do he did all right when he came on. So what did other fans have to say, Ollie? Yeah, so there was some... Um, I, 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 on purpose, I... I purposely waited for three but do it on to it today rather than do it last night um so there's some really good ones and actually the last two when i did the pod preparing for the pod were the best so i uh, so so <laughs> david stewart kindness but very very frustrating um roger ford said keep the faith um jim davis i thought this james davis said um not good friday which i thought was very <laughs> funny um so tim um uh, jim um scoffing said um beer solves everything which i heard actually someone did ask me glenn have you sobered up yet a little bit. I wasn't too bad, actually, to be fair. It was just a long a long day of drinking when you do the train to the game like Rochdale. I will say the highlight of my day was the chips from the chippy outside Rochdale's ground. Always highly recommended chips for anyone ever going to Rochdale because it was... Uh, you love chips. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, but it's right outside the... You know, you can just get yeah. them, stand outside the way ground and, and go straight in. But... Um, to be honest with you, as, as we all, like, you know, I've got a bunch of mates that we, you know as well, and we all kind of go to the games. Some have been on the podcast, and, you know, you do these long away trips by train, and it's, you know, you're out from 10 o'clock in the morning until, you know, almost 8 o'clock at night by the time we got back. Um, and 
football always ruins the day out, doesn't it? <laughs> <That's what we laughs> Sometimes say. it does, yeah. <laughs> Which is a bit unfortunate. But I think that, you know, we bumped into lots of other sort of groups of town fans whilst we were on our day out and, you know, sort of uh, some of the sort of April who's been on the podcast, the guys he goes with, including Busy and stuff. And, you know, you have all these different little groups and you kind of all sort of have, have your sort of time together and then eventually you all end up in a pub together or you bump into each other on the tram. And it was a good day of banter, actually, talking to lots of town fans and sort of seeing how everyone felt. So I think that's why it's it, it's been good this season going to away yeah. games for the podcast. And, and we, we were last season as well. Is it's giving you that feeling of what everyone else feels like. Um, yeah, it's good. Yeah, well, it's, well, you're talking about games. So, yeah, that was your 34th game, live game in it's the season. It's a bit season. crazy, that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it was my 30th. So, yeah, with my um, wedding planning and a couple of holidays, you, you've pulled ahead because I was ahead for a bad. while. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the last two three-word match reports, I think, just so Damien Parry said overweight lard bucket. So we know who he's talking <laughs> about there. And I thought Adrian, Adrian Plimmer's um, one was quite nice. I thought it was still sulking now. And I think that's how everyone oh. felt. Yeah, I turned my phone off after it. I couldn't be dealing with Twitter. I should have done that. <laughs> I couldn't be bothered to look at it. Although I'll do look at it when I get home. But um, yeah, there we go. Yeah. So that was what the fans had to say. And then Hursty, we've obviously listened to a few of the things he had to say. What any other bits you want to just? Yeah. So I thought, yeah, a couple, just a couple of highlights. So he said we lost the game. So unhappy. We didn't have the luck you need at times. He said we hit the wood, but and this is I think it's quite a good summary. So we hit the woodwork twice. We had given a pen and overturned, and we lost Toto. Mm. So that's actually quite that's actually quite a lot to have happened in a game against you. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of bad things. <laughs> no, 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 exactly. Yeah. So, so he said, yeah, it's a good, a good, good goal. Um, ideal start. Um, and then it felt like things were starting to go against us. Um, he said they did everything I expected of them, and, um, and you know, you surprised where they are in the league. He said we didn't win enough second balls. Interesting, oh, Alex yeah, Rodman said that he didn't train enough this week. He has got bad back. And then, yeah, um, as we've already mentioned, you know, the class, of, the fans were class, and he told the players to keep proving people wrong. So, Super. yeah, so, um, so yeah, it's not long now, so the players don't have got very long to wait. And um, yeah, in two days' time on Monday. Um, the time we back out, back at home, and we should just cover the table, shouldn't we? Because obviously Wigan had won, uh, so Blackburn had won on the night, the, the night before, hadn't we? Or was it Thursday night? I think it was. Yeah, so it was Thursday night, and we obviously played Friday. And Wigan had won in an early kickoff, hadn't they? Um, so they've obviously got three points this weekend. So it leaves Wigan top now, having played two games less than us on eighty points. Um, it leaves Blackburn in second, having played one game less than us on seventy nine, and then we're one and two points back respectively, having played thirty nine games. On 78, but we've got, still got a nice 12-point buffer to Rochdale, sorry, Rochdale, Rotherham, um, who've played the same amount of games as us, and the next team below them have played a game more than us, and they're another six points back. So I'm pretty sure worse we're going to finish this third this year, are Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's just, like, without feeling sorry for ourselves, it's been an odd season to have, you know, two kind of, like, superpowers. Yeah, superpowers in the league um, in terms of their, um, their, their wages and, and all that kind of stuff. But that's just excuses. But, yeah, let's be positive. And I think, yep. you know, it's been a fantastic season. Season. It's not over yet. There's plenty of games to go, um, and yeah, let's keep the faith. Let's, and it's back to the lads. So how we finished, how the fans finished the game um, yesterday, which was full of voice and full of confidence and totally back in the players. Let's do the same on Monday. I agree. You know, I imagine Bolts will be play, and I imagine um, you know we're back at home. Uh, I'm sure the players will um, will put in a good performance. So I'm yeah. confident going into going into Monday. Which leads oh, yeah. us nicely to our predictions. It does. I, I think you should, before we get to predictions, I think you should definitely call this podcast Don't Panic. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good. There idea. we go. When you, when you put it up online. Um, yeah, but into predictions, we obviously both got it wrong last week because we went for wins and draws, didn't we? Yeah. So, um, obviously went on to lose. So, yeah, Oxford at home in, in two days' time. They say you, you're quite positive about it. I, I've got to feel positive about it. We, we put our home form right the other week, didn't we? And um, I think having Bryn Morris coming back and obviously Godfrey fit again now, we're going to have something approaching a, a sort of reasonable midfield. We don't have to play Ganua and um, I think we'll probably end up starting Thomas again um, rather than Wally or, or Rodman, depending on who wants to rotate out the squad. Uh, obviously Carlton up front, usual defence with Bolton back in. So you've got to, you've got to think that's a stronger team than we've had in the last two games. Um 
And I watched a bit of Oxford versus Scunthorpe. Um, it yeah, was they're on TV on... twice. So they were on, on TV against Portsmouth as well, which is really yeah, odd. Yeah, it's very strange. But it was on in one of the big sort of... Um, we went to a beer keller and it had like a sports bar underneath and they had that game on. And it was weird. That game was on, but the Wigan game, which was also an early kickoff, wasn't on Sky. It was odd. Um, so we watched a bit of that. To be honest with you, Scunthorpe and Oxford didn't look much cop. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, you've got to look at that as a positive as well. Uh, I think that game ended a draw in the end. So... I'm going to go, Ollie, balls out, 3-1 win. Ooh, okay, okay. I'm going to go for <laughs> win as well. Um, I'm going to go for 2-1 win. Okay, the standard. There we go. So it might right the ship. And, and say, Blackburn and we're going to both away um, on Monday. So it does make that a little bit more of a difficult challenge for them, like we had at the weekend. So by the end of Easter, the table could look pretty rosy again, or it could look pretty disastrous. So um, we'll just have to wait and see what happens on Monday. I think, you know, we always say this is a big game, this is a big game. But I think, you know, this, to me, the Oxford game and, and then the Bradford game obviously being moved to a Thursday night, uh, a tricky one for us on Sky. That's where the season's going to come come to the crux, isn't it, I think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. But I still, we've got, got a good chance. Still in there, let's be positive. And yes, see you see, see on Monday, Glint. Yep, hashtag love this team still. <laughs> one loss doesn't doesn't stop that. Um, yes, and uh, yeah, we're back to do a podcast. Um, we won't be able to do one for the next week after the no. uh, the next game. We're going to try and pop one in the day before everyone's heading off to Wembley. Yeah, so we're going to do a preview. We've never done a game preview before. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So let's see what we can find about Shrewsbury and Lincoln and do a, a preview before the game. So that should be yeah, fun. and we'll we'll cover off the cover off the result against Oxford yeah. as well, and then we'll be back pretty pretty much after the Wembley game to do another quick podcast covering. the the final and uh, yeah, seeing if Hursty can pick up his first silverware as Shrewsbury Town Manager. First of first of many, hopefully. So um, there we go. Everyone have a, have a nice Easter Sunday and, and we'll all reconvene next week. Cheers, guys. Oh!